Chapter 6 Confessions and Consolations The answer wasn't long in coming. The next afternoon, I was back at the miner's shaft talking with Sally. I didn't expect any more information. After yesterday, I felt that she had confessed all that she knew and there probably wasn't much more to tell. So why was I back, I asked myself. Maybe it was searching for what to do next, that called me back? Maybe it was that I liked Sally? Maybe I was becoming a bar fly? All I know that I was back at the bar in my usual seat again that afternoon. You know, I was thinking about our conversation yesterday I began. You never told me you had a kid before? I didn't think it was that important she replied unconvincingly. Most people I know can't wait to tell you about their kids, I replied. Well, I guess I'm not most people. Then she looked down at the floor. There was a brief silence. After you told me about your friend Richie, I knew I couldn't say a word about him she said. About who? I asked. My boy came the answer in a meek tone. Why is that? Another pause, longer this time. He's Richie's boy. I felt my jaw drop open. Jesus Christ, it was all beginning to make sense, some of it anyway. I remembered when Richie and I were back in college, he used to go and see his aunt OMM maybe twice a year, Thanksgiving and Easter. During our junior year he went to see her one Easter like usual. Then after that, all of a sudden, from then on, he began to go every chance he got. I even remember asking him about it. All he said is that he got very close to his aunt and he liked going and seeing her. That's about all he would say and when he did say it, he said it with a tone of mind your own business. I got the message loud and clear. Richie was private about some things that way. He never really talked much about girlfriends or his home life. I guess some people, including Richie, just like to keep private things private and that's the way it is. I knew better than to pry anymore. Needless to say, I never asked him again. But now, I was beginning to understand why he visited Aunt OMM so frequently and why he refused to say much about it. When I spoke with his aunt earlier, I didn't remember her mentioning anything about the increased frequency of his visits. He was most probably visiting Sally instead and his pretense of visiting Aunt OMM was a disguise to forestall my prying. I have to say, it worked pretty well because as I said, I never queried him again on his frequent trips to Cannonsboro. Another question that puzzled me was why Sally never said anything about the child right up front. Then, I chided myself for being so stupid. It wouldn't take a brain surgeon to figure that one out. A girl with a baby out of wedlock wouldn't go over too well in a small town like Cannonsboro and a black baby besides. I was sure if that was known, her life would have become be a living hell or maybe worse. It was easy to see why she initially made no mention of her child and definitely not her relationship with Richie. Now I asked myself, why did she just tell me, a person she had known barely a week? The answer came from her lips a moment later. You're probably wondering why I'm telling you all this she said. It was if she was reading my mind. When you first came in here, I didn't have any idea who the hell you were. After you told me your name, it still didn't register but then later on when you asked about Richie's death, I put it all together. I remembered that he used to talk about an old high school and college buddy every once in a while. Then I remembered your name. I realized it was you and why you might be here. How am I doing so far? She asked. Right on I replied, and she continued. When I found out that Richie was dead, 
I wanted to die too. We were planning on getting married when he finished med school. He wanted to get a residency in the city, maybe Philly or Pittsburgh, something close to here. That way we could have moved out of this hick town to a place where we could be accepted, and I could still come back here all the time to keep an eye on my mother. She's 82 and I couldn't just move a million miles away and leave her flat if you know what I mean. She's not really an invalid but she does need help now and then, well, often. When I heard about Richie dying, I wanted to scream but I couldn't even say a word around here. I did have to take a couple of days off from work though. I just couldn't come in here and face these people. I told everybody, including Pete, that I had the flu. What I was really doing was trying to regain my composure, so I could put my happy play face back on and keep working here. Now, when you came in and we started talking and dragging up all those horrible memories it became harder and harder for me to keep up that smiley face, day after day. I thought I was going to explode if I didn't let it all out. The more we talked the more the ugly memories continued to consume me. When I met you and realized who you were, I knew I had found somebody that I could finally unload on and I did. I understand. Do you feel a little better now? I replied sympathetically. Sort of, she answered sheepishly. If you thought that this guy Hulse was probably involved in Richie's death why didn't you tell the cops? Knowing the most likely answer. You are kidding. I'm sure I told you that Hulse is Hawking's nephew and besides if I was to say anything, I'm sure there would be a thorough investigation of me before they ever investigated Hulse. I couldn't risk that. Suppose they found out about Richie and me and my boy? I wouldn't be surprised, if I and maybe even my boy would have wound up just like Richie. I'm not the smartest person in the world but I'm smart enough to know when to keep quiet. She paused and then continued in a somber voice. Now all this doesn't mean that I don't want to see some justice done and you know what, I think that's why you're here too. A brief silence and I replied. Maybe you're not the smartest person in the world but you're pretty goddamn smart. That's exactly why I'm here, I confessed. I proceeded to tell her about the awful way in which I had become aware of Richie's demise and how it had nodded me for all those following months. I explained how it had compelled me to leave med school and come to Cannonsboro. I told her of my confusion as to what I would do when I arrived and from whom and how I should seek revenge. She listened and seemed to nod at almost every word as if reading my thoughts before I spoke. Finally, we agreed that our sentiments were of the same mind and something should and would be done. The only things left were the what, how and when, 